My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 122. I am up to my eyeballs in electricity. And it's uh, not static electricity, it's electrical issues. So as a Ford dealer, which I don't know if you guys all know that, if you listen to the podcast and you're new, I am actually a new car dealer with a twist. I tell it like it is. I'm on the consumer's side. Well, I always have been, but, you know, some people don't trust car dealers, and they think that anything that comes out of a car dealer's mouth is, well, not to be trusted. But that's not true. Most car dealers are good people, and most of the people that work for them are good people. But there are a bunch of bandits out there, and a bunch of people whose ethical compass does not point in the same direction as... Let's say it should. I started to say as yours, but, you know, maybe your ethical compass doesn't point in the right direction. You know, there are all kinds of companies that take advantage of of people. I got taken advantage of seriously one time. We had a mold problem. I had three different, well, I had my daughter's house, my house, and a house where I had some offices. It was an older home, and I had mold in all of those places. So we bought a, a commercial dehumidifier and we also encapsulated the basement space, which or the crawl space in one case. And so basically that seals it all up and it's supposed to eliminate the mold, take the moisture out of the air so that the mold can't thrive. Well, guess what? It was poorly done and I didn't know. I mean, I can't go into the basement and tell if they did a good job. It looked neat to me. But then I had some other professionals come in a couple years later, and they said, you still have a mold problem, and, you know, your your dehumidifier is fine. It's just the encapsulation was very poorly done. So if you don't understand the subject matter or your level of experience isn't good, then it's nice to have an expert. So I'm going to get to the electrical thing here in just a second, but that's what I am. I'm a new car dealer. I'm, I'm a Ford dealer, and I'm a Nissan dealer. Uh, I have a used car operation as well. I've owned five new car dealerships at once, at once, as they say around here, and uh, glad I don't anymore. Sold all the others, and I'm a happy Ford and Nissan dealer in Greenville, Tennessee. And so I do this radio show, well, this radio show slash podcast to enlighten folks about things, about the history of the car business, about... You know, how to keep from getting taken advantage of when you're buying, selling, trading, getting automotive service, getting your vehicle fixed after an accident. You know, there's so many aspects of your car life that I can help you with, and that's what this radio show slash podcast is all about. I'm accessible to my listeners through my cell phone, the only cell phone I have, 423-552-2020. Um, that's pretty easy. You know, if you have a question, you just text it. You know, you're getting ready to go spend a bunch of money on a new air compressor and you just want to make sure that, is this really what my air conditioning system needs? You're getting ready to go get some estimates at a body shop. How do you know that you're going to the right body shop? You know, that you are, um, what you, what should you ask them in terms of the repair? Those are the types of questions that I answer. 
and I don't even have to look up how to. I'm not bragging. I just have been doing this for 45 years. I know I look a lot younger than that. You know, I've had three people in the last few days tell me I walk into a carpet business uh, yesterday, yesterday evening. They said, boy, you look a lot older in person than you do on the TV. I mean, are they just trying to destroy my ego? You know, the fact of the matter is I know I look older because now I have gray hair and some additional wrinkles. But that also means I have a lot of experience, and I can help you. 423-552-2020 or Lenny Lawson 2020 at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, if you're getting ready to buy a car. Lenny, should we lease the car or should we buy it? You know, so much of that depends on what is the car and how do you use your car and how often do you like to trade? You know, if you just don't know what to ask, then it's very likely that, that you could make a bad decision. I see it all the time. I see people come in here. Well, I've just last week had a listener want to make an appointment, and they came in. They didn't want to talk to me on the phone. They wanted to be face-to-face. They sat right down in that chair. I'm in my office right now, as a matter of fact. They sat right down in that chair and said, would you please look at this and see if we got taken advantage of? Well, just the fact that they were asking made me think, yeah, probably did. You know, if they don't understand what they did, that's why they're sitting here. And they listen to the program and, or let's see. No, they were actually a referral from somebody who listens to the program. And I said, well, let me look at your paperwork. Well, we don't have any paperwork. What do you have? I have this little flashcard thing that they gave me. Really? So you you didn't get any copies of your paperwork. Did you sign the paperwork? Yeah, we signed a bunch of stuff on this electronic thing, this this tablet. I said, okay, did you read it before you signed it? Uh, well, we, they, we're in such a big hurry to get out of there. So you didn't read it? No? Okay. Well, let's see what you got. So we went through all the paperwork, and yeah, there were some things that they paid for that they didn't know they had bought. Is that a good thing? Should you pay $799 for something you don't even know you're buying? Uh, no. Should you buy a an extended warranty for like 10 years? I can't remember what the, it was a very long-term extended warranty. How often do you trade cars? Well, we like to trade every couple of years. What'd you buy an extended warranty for? The car's under warranty for that entire period of time. I don't know. I don't know why we did it. That's just what people do. And so that's why you need to listen. You need to have your friends listen uh, you can go to Apple Podcast or Google Podcast and look it up. Just type in My Car Guru Podcast or just Google it. I'm not exactly sure how many I have in there, but it, I, I'm sure it's in excess of 300 shows that I've already done that are on the podcast. And you can just go back in time and you can just look up the title. And the title will pretty much describe the bulk of the information, although there will be a lot of other things that are thrown in at no extra charge just like this. I'll be back in one minute. Okay, so I am in the outdoor fun business as well as the car business. I do have a new business called Green Outdoor. And hopefully within, well, let's see, oh, probably a week and a half, you'll be able to go to greenoutdoor.com. That's G-R-E-E-N-E. Why did I add the E? Because we live in Greenville, Tennessee, and it has an extra E. And we live in Greene County, and it also has an extra E. So we named it Green Outdoor. So greenoutdoor.com will be available soon. 
hopefully, and you'll be able to go in and get pretty much anything you need to be able to manage your outdoor life. So you have a car life and you have an outdoor life. If you want to ride around in a street legal electric golf cart, we got them by Ben Telly. Uh, electric bicycles, we got those too. We also have those really cool solo fire pits that look like a really fancy stainless steel garbage can. That's what I told the guy that's running this thing and my partner. I said, that looks like a really attractive garbage can. He said, Lenny, it's a fire pit and it it's smokeless. I said, well, how's that work? Well, you put the wood in it or the pellets and you light them and all you get is flames. I said, where's the smoke go? He said, I don't know, but they don't smoke. I said, well, that's cool. We also sell Ferris full suspension zero-turn lawnmowers, and those things, if you've ridden a zero-turn lawnmower, and if you like to mow like I do, and then you probably know how it can hurt your back when you hit a groundhog hole. I mean, I mow a lot, and it's because it's one of the few things I can do where I can see immediate results. And plus, I like putting all those neat lines in the in the yard. It looks cool. But yeah, I got tired of bouncing all over the place on a zero-turn lawnmower. I like zero-turn lawnmowers because they're very maneuverable and they're fast. But I don't like the way they ride. And so these Ferris mowers, I fell in love with them. They have a full suspension. What I really like is they have a car-like suspension. They have upper and lower control arms where the wheels, front wheels go straight up and down, and they have coilover suspensions with a shock and spring made together, and they have shock and spring coilovers on the back and unbelievable seats. So I'm going to quit advertising for Green Outdoor. I said all that to say this. There's a lot of electric stuff going on over there. And sometimes, you know, I just wanted another business where I could go and get away from all this car stuff and now we're back into the EV world in a big way when it comes to um, like outdoor tools that we use, blowers and mowers. We actually sell a zero-turn mower that's full electric. Crazy. But that's where this world is going, electrical. So what's happening at Gateway is that I'm trying to figure out all these chargers that I have to put in. Found out just yesterday evening that the entire plan that I have for installing level three and level two chargers at Gateway, which we're required to do if we're going to sell EVs, which uh, I'm not really 100% fired up about, but, you know, Ford, that's where the world is going, so I've got to kind of jump in. I'm kind of an early adopter of technology. This is a very expensive proposition putting all this in. It's approaching 300000 to get it all installed, but we'll be set, you know, for like 20 years as far as charging infrastructure is concerned. So if people buy electric vehicles, electric vehicles get really hot. You know, if they're driving down through East Tennessee and they say, man, we need to get a quick charge, they'll be able to stop at Gateway Ford, go to our level three charger, plug in, and be gone in about 30 minutes or 15 minutes, depending on how many extra miles that they need. It's a level three fast charger. But I've been having to work with my engineer Uh, yesterday evening, because all of a sudden Ford says, well, you don't have to put all of these level two chargers indoors. You can actually put them outdoors where your customers can get uh, access to them. I said, why didn't you tell me that from the beginning? Well, we changed the plan. You know, I was getting ready to spend a whole bunch of money on something that was just going to sit there on a wall like a picture. These these, uh, level two charging 
ports. Uh, we weren't going to use them on the inside of the building. I never understood why they needed to be on the inside of the building. Yeah, we're going to have to have chargers for our customers' cars, but they need to be outside. You know, if, if somebody buys an electric car and they're driving through town and they say, we need a charge. That happened to me going to uh, Abingdon, Virginia. It's about 70 miles from where I live. It's a really neat little town in, in southwest Virginia. Those of you who are listening to the, to the radio show know exactly what I'm talking about, but if you're a podcast listener, you have no clue. But Abingdon is a cool place. Uh, there's a beautiful inn there called the Martha Washington Inn. It used to be a, well, it was a mansion at one time, and then it became a school, and then the United Coal Company bought it, and they turned it into a hotel. And so if you need a really neat place to stay and you don't want to stay at, at the uh, Motel 6, then uh, check out the Martha Washington Inn. But we, we go up there to, uh, you know, just have a weekend away, and my wife and I decide, well, she didn't. I decided we're going to drive the all-new electric Nissan Aria that we sell. And one of my salespeople said, you sure you want to do that? Yeah, I'm sure I want to do it. It's got about uh, 300 miles of range, and I think that, you know, I can go 70 miles and then, you know, tool around uh, in around Bristol, Tennessee, and, and Abingdon, and then drive back, and, you know, I should, one good charge should take care of it. I didn't take into account that the temperatures plummeted into the 20s when I did that. Electric vehicles don't do real well at really low temperatures. But it wasn't cold enough to really impact the Aria that much. So I took my wife over to the shopping area. I think it's called the Pinnacle uh, in Bristol. And so we did a little shopping, went to the Bass Pro shops there and everything. I said, you know, I'm going to look around and see if I can find a place to add a little charge to this Aria. She said, you go ahead. I'll just go in this store. So I go looking around. There were, I think, I don't know, eight or ten Tesla superchargers. Can't use that with a Nissan. So I started driving around, and, and I gave up, you know, as far as the pinnacle was concerned. So I, I stopped. I, I Googled it on my phone, uh, you know, EV chargers in Bristol, Tennessee. Well, I found four or five. Guess what? They're all level two chargers. You know how long it takes to charge a um, – well, an Aria from a totally dead battery to a full charge will take about eight hours on a level two charger. Well, I wasn't totally dead. I mean, I still had plenty of charge to be able to make it back to Greenville, Tennessee, but I just wanted to see what it was like. And it's not good, you know, unless you own a Tesla. Now, that's getting ready to change. And the Ford Motor Company, General Motors, Toyota, Honda, and I'm not sure who else have made arrangements with Mr. Elon Musk to be able to charge their vehicles at Tesla superchargers. Now that's good, except the demand for the superchargers is going to go up dramatically. Of course, most of the electric vehicles out there are Teslas. I mean, they outsell, they own about 70% of the market. So, you know, you throw in all the General Motors people and Ford people and so forth, and so it could get a little crowded at the Tesla superchargers. But that is going to be the new standard for our country. There, there are two different standards of chargers, and that basically means to you or me different types of plugs and what they plug into. It, it just it, Like if you try to put diesel fuel in a car that's a gasoline engine, you can't get the filler tube 
into the hole because the on a diesel it's bigger, and so it won't go. It's designed to keep people from putting diesel fuel into uh, vehicles that that have uh, that run on gasoline. Unfortunately for the many people who have made this mistake, the smaller filler will actually work on a diesel, and that's about a ten thousand dollar mistake on an F one fifty or a. You know, that's if you catch it early enough. It'll just destroy the fuel system. It won't destroy the engine. If you go, drive too far, then you're looking at seventeen to 25000 in repairs. Now, the good news is your comprehensive insurance will typically pay for that, but just once. And we've actually had some people do it twice. So, And I can understand how confusing that is because you go up to some pumps, and some of them are like unleaded. Uh, 80, what, 87 octane, then uh, 89 octane, and then what's the other one? 93. And then you've got some of them sell straight gas at 90 octane, and then you got diesel, and you got all these different colors, and one company uses green for diesel, and the other company uses black for diesel. I mean, it's easy to make a mistake, especially people for, for people who don't take the time to read it. So read the instructions. It always helps. Okay, I'm going to take my last break. I'll be back here in just a second. Okay, so right now I've got, let's see, as a Ford dealer, I sell the Mach-E, which is full electric. I sell the Lightning uh, F-150, which is full electric. I sell the Nissan Aria and the Nissan Leaf. Both of those are full electric. Ford says that they have, like, 10 different new models coming out that are going to be full electric. This was at the last meeting. Nissan has about three. Nissan's kind of going slower than Ford is, but Ford is backing down a lot. Uh, They're just this past week told us that they are going to recommit to something that they should have committed to in the first place, and that's a lot more hybrids because hybrids make a lot more sense for middle America. Um, you know, and if you're not driving a Tesla and the chargers aren't available, then, you know, a hybrid makes a whole lot more sense. I've been driving a hybrid F-150 for, well, I've had two back-to-back for about four years consistently now. And, I, you know, I get about 21, 20 to 23 miles to the gallon. It's not great, but it's better than 17, and it doesn't cost that much more. And plus, I could power my house if the um, if electricity went down because it's got a built-in 17.2 kilowatt. No, it ain't right. 7.2 kilowatt uh, inverter generator built onto the or into the truck. So, you know, there are some advantages of the hybrid technology. So anyway, I am uh, inundated with this stuff. If you have questions about EVs, join the crowd. I can answer a lot of them. The good news is that, like I say, that Ford, GM, Honda, Toyota, if you buy an EV, you'll be able to charge it as a, at a Tesla supercharger uh, beginning mid-next year. That's a game changer. That's a game changer for me. That would get me to probably buy have at least one in my personal household. EV because I know that I can go just about anywhere and I there's going to be a charger. Now I may have to wait a little bit, but I'm not going to travel in it anyway. But if I wanted to, I could. 
I would feel a little bit more confident because, you know, they even have Tesla superchargers at Bucky's. And if you don't know what Bucky's is, then you haven't lived. It's the ultimate 7-Eleven with a gas pump. Well, with 200 gas pumps and the cleanest bathrooms on the planet. That's always nice, you know, when you go to a you know, you stop someplace and you know that the bathrooms are clean enough that they actually sell artwork in the bathrooms. That's a different idea right there. You won't see artwork being sold in many businesses' bathrooms, will you? So, to sum it all up with questions about your car life, anything, whatever it is, I can help. 423-552-2020, text me. Or uh, send me an email, LennyLawson2020 at gmail.com. Or you can come down and bring your flash card. We'll stick it in my computer, and I'll tell you how bad you got taken advantage of. Or instead of looking in the rearview mirror, you can look out your windshield and be proactive and listen to the radio show or the podcast and uh, learn something. Learn how to protect yourself. Learn how to... Well, you know, we always learn about defensive driving, right? Let's talk about defensive buying when it comes to automotive service, body shop repairs. You know, you're buying a car. I don't care if you're buying from me. Well, I mean, I care. I'd, I'd prefer that you buy from me. But if you are if you want a Toyota, I can't help you. You know, if you want to uh, – I saw somebody driving the other day. What was it? It was a Lotus. Do you know what a Lotus is? A lot of people, no, it's not the flower. This is a, a car. You know, you don't see many of them sold in the United States, in it. but if you're wanting to buy a Lotus, uh, you probably don't need to talk to me because you know too much about cars because they're really cool cars. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and like I say, take advantage of me. That's what I'm here for. We'll see you tomorrow.